You're listening to a podcast from Newstalk ZB. Follow this and our wide range of podcasts now on iHeartRadio. Newstalk ZB. Newstalk ZB. Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Tuesday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn Hart, and we are looking back at Monday. Um... Mike seems to have a massive problem with the Waitangi Tribunal, so we'll find out what that is shortly. Uh, every now and again, I just completely miss a story. And when I say every now and again, I mean every now and again every day. So, you know, several times a day I miss stories. Uh, this mouthguard one passed me by completely. Uh, but, you know, I hope to learn more as you do later on the podcast. Uh, where did the Kiwi Burger come from? Uh, Marcus will look that up for you at the end of the pod. But at the beginning of the pod... Uh, uh, so gangs, it's, it's all over for gangs Because we're going to take their patches off them And they won't know who they are anymore Ha ha, gangs Joke's on you I was struck though by a quote from another officer Who wasn't prepared to be as brave as Pete And was not prepared to be named And his quote was I would never go and try and depatch someone Because of some policy that someone in Wellington Has told me to do While they're sitting at home And having a hot cup of coffee I'm putting my life at risk. Here's to truth. And here is the truth. Depatching will not happen in a potiki until they find a dozen more cops. Police Association President Chris Cahill also told the programme that outside of Auckland, Wellington and Christchurch, there'd be very few police districts that would have enough staff to enforce the new rules on a group of gang members in patches. Not to mention, not to mention the bit that says non-consorting orders which will stop offenders having contact with each other for three years. Who's going to police that? When did you last see that bloke? There's no cops to say that or do that. So here's my little point. We all hate gangs. We would all love the patches to be gone. We would, you know, we are supporting the government in doing this. We are supporting the cops all the way. I supported the cops last time. However, you can write all the laws you want, but none will make a jot of difference unless we have the cops to enforce it. So how are we going to pay for them and where are we going to get them? Um, yeah, so apparently this has worked balls in Western Australia. They did it first. Um, so, yeah, apparently life is just perfect there now and they don't have any gangs anymore because you can't tell that people are in gangs because they're not allowed to wear their patches. Is that... I don't know. Is it a fascist state, Western Australia? News Talk, Z-Bean. Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing at all. Uh, moving on, uh, let's keep talking about uh, this the gang crackdown and how cracking and down it'll be. Six gold-plated Harleys, once owned by the Comancheros, were crushed on the weekend. And new legislation will be introduced, going one further than the Whanganui District Council, banning gang patches in public and giving police extra powers to stop gang members congregating. Again, this is posturing, this time on the part of the government. Will it immediately stop inter-gang warfare? No. Will it end the production and sale of meth? No. But what it's saying is sending a very strong message that we are sick of seeing you wearing your advertising for your brand on your back. We're sick of you behaving exactly as you wish, stating your intentions loud and clear, 
with your patches on your back saying, this is who we are, this is what we do. Tremble in fear. If you want to wear your little blazers and your jackets in your little club rooms, you fill your steel cap boots. You know, that's what club rooms are for. Dressing up and talking nonsense and, you know, bigging yourself up. You do that. That's what lots of people do in club rooms. But I don't want to see, right up in my grills, your pride and your lawlessness. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't get, don't get me wrong. Um, I don't like gangs, and I think patches are dumb, and the whole thing is, you know, they're definitely trying to compensate for something. But yeah, I just, I just want them all to go. You know, you break the law, you go to jail. Why can't we make that happen? News Talk Zbean. Meanwhile, uh, Mike Hosking and the Waitangi Tribunal and the Māori Health Authority and race-based policies generally. I don't think he's a super fan. So what exactly is the tribunal going to look at? What metrics? How many operations? The life expectancy? The access brought about through an agency that advocated for 12-odd months for Māori? Is there anything tangible at all to actually look at? Or is all it's all just theory? Don't answer that. Meantime, the democratically elected government involving three parties, all of whom are on the same page in this instance, want to enact the manifesto they collectively campaigned on and got voted in on. Just how big a waste of time and money is all of this? What is the point of the Waitangi Tribunal if all they do is increasingly sticky-beak their way into areas that ebb and flow with the tide of government? The Tribunal has a point if they are of the view that separatism is the future, and that's the agenda they want to promote. So no matter how the new Maori Health Authority, no matter how lacking their track record, it's an example of where they want to take this country, therefore they will use every opportunity to promote the cause. If that's their MO, the government might want to think about whether their time could be up and the money could be better used elsewhere. In some ways I agree with Mike, and in some ways, like, I, my, I've got a daughter who's... Um, in the middle of a university degree at the moment, which involves health. And she got a, a question wrong in a test yesterday. Uh, it was about heart disease, and, it, and they, they divided into which ethnicity um, you know, has, dies of heart disease the most. She put down uh, Pacifica, and it was actually Māori. So... You know, we probably do need to look into exactly why that's happening and seeing if we can stop that in some way. Right. News Talk ZB. I don't know. It's all very complicated. Let's uh, try and simplify things and get to the bottom of the mouth guard story. What's happened is that World Rugby has rolled out these smart mouth guards that measure the g-force of a tackle or a head knock and then alert the officials that a player has been knocked too hard needs to come off for a head injury assessment. On Friday night, we got our taste here in New Zealand in, in men's rugby of how this is working, right? Because the Chiefs-Crusaders Super Rugby match, the opener of the season, two Crusaders are pulled off the field. Neither of them have any idea why. And we now know that what happened was that the Bluetooth in the mouth guards was dodgy and there was a delay. We don't know how long the delay, but there was a delay in the information being sent from the mouth guard through to the officials. So by the time the lads got pulled off, it'd been and gone, right? They had no idea why. The second problem, that's the first problem. The second problem with these things is clearly the setting is too low for professional men's rugby. Scotland lost two players in two matches for what they consider to be very, very normal tackles. 
basically when you consider this, what's gone wrong here is that these things, this technology is just not ready to be rolled out. World Rugby is in such a hurry to roll these things out to prove that they are taking head injuries seriously and reduce their chances of being sued. So you can understand why they're doing this. But they're in such a hurry that they've rolled out a project that isn't working. Apparently what they did was they tested the mouth guards in community grassroots rugby. And in that setting... The setting that worked, right, in community rugby, they, they kind of measured the G-force. They were like, okay, that, that's the G-force we need to use. But when they rolled the mouth guards out with professional rugby, expecting that the boys playing professional rugby would hit each other with the same voice as the boys playing community rugby, it didn't work. Because that's really dumb. Of course, I mean, if I try to tackle you, I'm not going to tackle you at the same level as Anton Leonard Brown, am I? So, like, what a dumb thing to do. But they did that. And then... They, and so as a result, the things ping too easily. And then on top of that, they then rolled them out in October at the women's tournament, found a whole bunch of bunch of issues, just carried on anyway and rolled them out. So here we are in a situation where our super rugby is now being impacted. Six Nations is being impacted and nobody likes these things and it's just going to get worse. They are going to have to fix this really fast. The game of rugby cannot afford anything that makes it worse or slower. I do not think that rugby fans are going to tolerate too many repeats of what happened in Friday night's match. Do you? Uh, right, OK. Is there a possibility that we just shouldn't be doing rugby anymore? Nobody seems to... Everybody says it's a problem with the mouth guards, but maybe what the mouth guards have revealed is that it's really dumb and grown men shouldn't just bash into each other constantly for 80 minutes non-stop. Just throwing that out there. Maybe these mouth guards are smarter than everybody thought they were. Huh? It's always the technology's fault, isn't it? News Talk. Uh, interesting that uh, Hilly just pulled Anton Leonard Brown's name out of the air like that. Well, why has she got so obsessed with him? Hmm? Another probing question. Probably not that probing. Not as probing as Marcus's questions about Kiwi burgers. But was the Kiwi burger invented in Hamilton? That's something I haven't known. Why is that not on the chase? I mean, it hardly really needs much inventing. Wasn't so much the... Um, Burger, the invention of the burger that was interesting was more the song Kiwi Burger. That's our Tucker. Um, one of the great singers of all time. The Kiwi Burger was the idea of franchisee Brian Old, who came up with the burger as a nostalgic take on the typical New Zealand hamburger prior to the introduction of McDonald's to the Wellington market in '76. Trialed initially in Old's Five Hamilton restaurants. Well, they need a giant Kiwi Burger in Hamilton. That's leg- I never knew that. Kiwi burger, that's a tucker. Patty, egg, beetroot, tomato, lettuce, cheese, onion, mustard, and ketchup. Never knew it was made in Hamilton. Brian Old. Well, Hamilton it is. Of course you never knew that. Because, as we all know, Hamilton is the most underrated city in New Zealand. Uh, have you heard anybody talking about the Chiefs win? In the weekend, in the Super Rugby opener? No. No. In fact, I actually heard one uh, pundit, uh, when asked about that game, talk about how well the Crusaders played. And they lost. Because nobody ever... It's like they, everybody just wants to pretend that Hamilton isn't there. And people, it's time to admit that Hamilton is there and that that's where they invented the Kiwi Burger. And yes, I'm from Hamilton. I will admit that. Uh, I'm Glenn. I'm from Hamilton. And we'll br- bring you this mostly Hamilton-focused podcast again tomorrow. See you there.
For more from News Talk ZB, listen live, on air, or online, and keep our shows with you wherever you go with our podcasts on iHeartRadio.